This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Ain't no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast, and I'm excited. We got Casey Broning. She's from Vancouver, Canada, and uh, host of Massive Passive Radio. So thank you so much for taking some time today to join us here. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Nate. It's an honor to be here, and it's always fun being kind of on the reverse side of the whole podcast interview thing, because I have my own podcast as well, and so I'm often the one who's doing the question asking and the interviewing, but yeah, it's fun to be on the reverse side for a change, so thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you, and so I always like to ask what, you know, the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership, so what what comes to mind for you? What what does Championship Leadership mean to you you when you think about that, when you hear that phrase? Well, to me, actually, the first thing that I think of is to be a champion for somebody else. And then when you put that together with being a leader, what does that mean? And I don't know if that's maybe where you were going with the name, but that's kind of the first thing that comes to my head is just, yeah, being a champion for somebody else. And I think that so much of leadership is about championing the people that are below you and not below you. That's a terrible way to say that, but the people that you're leading. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so being their champion and supporting them and encouraging them and helping them. One thing I'm really passionate about is getting people to do jobs and tasks and use the skills that they inherently have rather than trying to get them to do stuff that (laughs) totally doesn't fit their skill set or their passions. And so I think that that's a large part of being a leader as well as finding the right piece or the right place where people fit. So yeah, that's kind of what champion leadership would mean to me. I love that. Yeah, I haven't um, really heard anyone describe it that way yet. So that's that's great. I love you know <laughs> championing uh, those that are following you, right, or that are on your team. So where does that come from for you? You know, you, you said you that's a big thing for you is to really help 
others to use the strengths and the skill sets that they already have. So yeah, like where did that come from? Is that just something that you've always had inside of you? Is that something that someone uh, instilled in you? Yeah, where does that come from? I think it comes from quite a few different places, actually. I would say my parents did a really good job at instilling that in me while I grew up. And then I actually, when I graduated high school, I went to university and got a degree in human resource management, which so much about what they teach, I'm not saying that this is how it actually is in the workplace, but so much about what they teach and the theory behind HR is exactly that, is finding the right place for the people in your organization so that they can really excel. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of the psychology and the theory behind what human resource management is. And that's what I loved about learning about HR. And so then when I actually got into the workplace after I graduated, it was this total like lapse of (laughs) what the theory was supposed to be (laughs) into the practicality of what it actually looked like in different organizations that I worked in. And I could just see how much that piece was missing. And I think what that does is it creates unhappy employees because Mm -hmm. when you're not doing things that like are your inherent skills and gifts and talents and abilities, it so often is like a, it's such a push and it's such a push back to try and get your work done and to do it well, because it's not what you're inherently good at. And so then as I progressed through a few years in an HR career and I hated everything about it because (laughs) I tell people that when you first start out in HR, the theory and the practicality, like I said, absolutely don't match up. And I was just a glorified paper pusher. And, you know, I had all of these grand ideas about what it should look like but change in an organization doesn't happen instantaneously or if at all, depending on the culture in the organization. Yeah. So I, as I progressed through my HR career, I realized as I got into business for myself and when I did first get into business, I actually purchased a failing coffee shop. And so all of a sudden I had employees of my own and it was this big piece all of a sudden of trying to take, what I was passionate about and placing people into positions that they were good at and that they loved in my own business. And it was like, this is harder than you'd think, but it needs to be done because when people are doing what they're passionate about, it's like they say, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like if you're passionate about what you do, you'll never work a day in your life because it's not work. It's what you love. Right. And so, yeah, I guess to answer your question in a really long winded kind of way, it's just been this whole progression through my life of recognizing that as humans, we need to work off of the skills and gifts and talents and abilities that we inherently have and build off of those things. And then generally we'll be happier people. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that. And so, so you went, you bought a failing coffee shop. Tell us about that. That, Is that something that you still uh, own or? No. No. Okay. Uh, We, so I decided that I was having a miserable life working for somebody else. I was not doing what I loved. I wasn't using my skills and gifts and talents and abilities um, in the way that I wanted to. And so I knew that I needed to make some changes in my life because I was like in my mid twenties and I was jaded and I was just like, this cannot be what the rest of my life looks like. Because mm-hmm. if it is, <laughs> it's not worth living. Right. So it's time right. to make some changes. Yeah. And so uh, my mom and I had always really wanted to get into business together in some sort of like a cafe or coffee shop or something like that. And 
I had had a lot of experience in the industry. I worked in restaurant for, you know, 10, 15 years or something like that and uh, had done management in restaurants. And so, you know, I knew kind of what it was about, but my mom and I found this coffee shop that was on the verge of bankruptcy. And we looked at each other and we were like, can we do this? And ultimately we were like, absolutely, we can do this. Yeah. All these other businesses out there where people are grouchy and don't give good customer service can make it, then we can make it. There's no reason that we can't make it. And as we looked at this business, we could see all of these areas that just needed to be managed better and they needed leadership more than yeah. anything. Right. Um, and so we were like, let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's do it. We wanted to get into business together. And it was a fairly, uh, it was a high risk scenario on one hand, but monetarily it was a low risk way to get into a bricks and mortar business. And so we just like took a dive off the deep end and we were like, that pool's going to start filling itself up as we're on the way down. <laughs> and so, yeah, we bought this failing coffee shop. We had it making money. Uh, we had it profitable within one year. And we sold it with just before we had, like not quite two years after we had purchased it, which okay. had kind of always been our plan to kind yeah. of get in, get started, turn it around and sell it. And yeah. then get into something that was a little bit less time heavy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Got yeah. it. That's awesome. Um, and, and, you know, just the experiences from that, they, if you choose, right, they, they definitely will serve you as you continue to move forward. So HR, that's it. What made you, I know you said like the practicality of, uh, or maybe the theory and, and how it actually really kind of ends up being once you get out into the real world as an HR person um, is a little bit different, but what, what, what drew, I'm interested, like what made you have that interest in that to begin with? Well, when I started university, I actually, I loved math. And so I had initially kind of thought that I would do an accounting degree. And uh -huh. as I way different than HR, right? So different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I liked the math aspect, but I think what I failed to realize is that I like people, people. Yeah. and accountants. I mean, some accountants are people, 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 but a lot of accountants are more, you know, they prefer just to be yeah. at their desk by themselves right. and crunch the numbers. And so as I did more and more accounting classes, I kept seeing more and more of myself get like stuffed down where, or I could see that that was what was going to happen. And so I decided that that probably wasn't going to be a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like sitting at a desk all day long because I had worked in restaurants for like every job that I had had. I think yeah. I started working when I was 14 in a restaurant. And so they were all restaurant jobs where it's like fast paced and busy and you're talking to people and there's, a million different things to do and you have all this autonomy as a server in your own section and so it's kind of like i used to think of it as like running my own little business and the harder that i worked and the better that i served people the more money i would make because i'm the one who got the tips and yeah, if right. i decided to show up and do a crappy job then <laughs> my little business for the day wasn't yeah. going to do well yeah and so i started applying that kind of idea in my head to what i wanted to do and i was like HR is all people focused. And what really made me fall in love with HR when I was in university was actually uh, one of my mandatory HR classes, like just for the business degree that I was doing. So I hadn't uh, gone into major in HR at this point yet. And the professor said that HR was all about helping people be their best within an organization. 
And that was kind of his definition of what an HR department was supposed to be. And I loved that. And I just thought, that's something that I can get behind. That's what I want to be part of because I loved being around people and I loved helping people and, you know, like cheering people up and brightening people's days and providing good service. And so that line resonated so strongly with me that he said that I actually ended up switching from accounting to HR. And so then again, through the degree, like through the rest of it, as I continued to do more HR classes, I was really fascinated by the whole topic of HR because it is all about people and it's all about Mm -hmm. how people interact within an organization and, you know, teamwork in organizations and why things fall apart and why they hold together in different places and looking at best practices that different companies are doing where they have like, you know, such great synergy and then looking at other businesses where things are falling apart. And so, yeah, I think that's really what got me into the whole HR thing is that one line that that professor said. It's kind of like one of those light bulb moments for me that I'll never forget that he said that, that HR is about helping people be the best that they can be in an organization. Well, that's what I was really trying to, you know, find out because obviously, you know, you can tell that you really care about people and uh, lifting others up and, you know, especially as a championship leadership standpoint, that's, I believe, what it's all about. So I was curious to hear you know, what sparked that for you? And so, which kind of leads into another question that I have is, yeah, who are some of the people, maybe championship level leaders that have impacted you in your life, one or two of them, and how did they, right? Like, what were some of the characteristics that they had that you really were drawn to and, and maybe you've even uh, implemented into your own style and way of living and leading? Sure. I think... I'll give you one that's not somebody that I personally know, and I'll give you one that I personally yeah, know. How about that? <laughs> so the first one I would say is a guy named Jim Rohn. I don't know if yeah. you've ever heard oh, of yeah. Jim Rohn. Yeah, he's like he, on the Mount Rushmore of personal development. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And Jim Rohn has really, really impacted my life through a lot of the things that he said. And like I had alluded to earlier, before I got into business, I was really struggling in my life. And, you know, I'd had some difficult circumstances that had come up and that were out of my control. And I read this quote by Jim Rohn and I hated it, like straight up hated it when I first read it because I was like, this is not fair. And I was kind of still in that self-pity mode, right? But the quote, I'll paraphrase it a little bit. Basically, he says the same wind blows on us all, the winds of opportunity, change and disaster. And it's about how we choose to set our sail going forward that will determine where we end up in life not the, not the winds. Everybody has winds in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I hated it because I was like, <laughs> no, the things that are happening to me, I, I can't change them. And they have impacted the way that my life looks. Yeah. And, you know, this quote kept like running through my head over and over and over. And as I started to accept it and to accept the fact that I was in control of where I ended up. Yes, I can't dictate the circumstances and the winds that come through my life but I can choose how to set my sail and therefore determine what my life will look like. So I think that quote more than anything else has impacted my life, like in such huge ways. And so I love everything else that Jim Rohn says as well, but that one particular thing is really one thing that, that like changed my perspective on my life. And I think just in terms of leadership, that ability to see that the wins don't matter and to be able to lead people through difficult times. And it's about how you choose to set your sail. I think that's like one of the key concepts of leadership. And so then somebody that I know personally who has really, really 
impacted my life, I would say is my dad. And my dad, like I said earlier, I'm in business with, my dad is one of my business partners, but prior to, so we've been in business together for about five years. And prior to that, my dad was a police officer. And up in Canada here, we have a federal police force called the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And my dad was a police officer for 35 years. And there are so many things that I could say about him that are remarkable. But I think the one thing that I have seen from my dad through my whole entire life is like exemplary leadership. And he learned so much about that when he went for training to become a police officer in the first place. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think what's so remarkable, though, is to take somebody who is in such a, a respected role and sometimes not respected in the way that it might sound like. Sometimes I think they're just respected out of fear, but it's not really respect. It's more like, <laughs> right. uh, what's the word? Yeah, People don't like them, but there's, there's a, an authority. That's what I'm looking for. Like they're an authority figure more yeah. than they're respected a lot of the time. But they get so much crap from people. Like if you think about being a police officer, and my dad was on traffic patrol for most of his career. So pulling people over for speeding tickets most of his career. Yeah, right. So people are, you know, 99% of the time upset with you. <laughs> yeah. And they don't like you and they're swearing at you or they're, you know, upset with you or they're saying things under their breath about you, whatever it is. They get so painted as these bad authority figures because people don't like what they're doing. But what they're really doing is they're trying to protect. Their mandate is to protect and serve. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. so, yeah. And so, you know, somebody like my dad, who for 35 years, had so much like negativity being thrown at him every day, all day where people were upset with him. He still every day when he came home from work, chose to put that aside, leave that at work and show up for his family as like a strong, supportive, positive role model. Mm -hmm. And I think just think that that's remarkable to be able to do that for 35 years. And there's yeah, so definitely. much more to the story. Uh, like, yeah, right. Yeah, once he retired, he actually ended up really, really ill with post-traumatic stress disorder oh, wow. from his career and just about committed suicide. But even through that, he's been able to turn that around and make it into something where now he helps other people who are in a similar situation. So yeah, my dad's just been a huge example of leadership in so many different capacities for me throughout my life. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, I appreciate it. So well, I'll talk about to your path now is massive passive radio that's your podcast and mm -hmm. and talk to us about like how how you got from the hr degree at university to working there for a while before you figured out that that's just not what you wanted to be doing coffee shop like to where you know what are you up to now and how did uh, massive passive radio come out of all of that as well <laughs> yeah it's kind of a wild ride <laughs> yeah i love it um so yeah, I did the HR stuff and then quit that and bought the coffee shop and sold the coffee shop. And it was kind of all through, it's all going to come together here now, all this talking that I like <laughs> to do, it all comes together somehow. So it all actually came together after we sold the coffee shop because my dad had had post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which we call PTSD for anybody that's listening. If you hear me say that, that's what it means. Yeah. And so my dad had had such severe PTSD after he retired and almost committed suicide. And it was right as he was kind of starting to get better that we bought the coffee shop. So timeline wise, that gives you a little bit of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom and I knew that everybody said we were crazy for buying this business while my dad was sick. 
Yeah. We knew that it was going to be a place that would be like uplifting for him. And it was a place where he could come kind of like have a purpose in his life again, even if it was to come in and wash dishes for 20 minutes, it gave him a purpose. It gave him something to show up for every day. And coffee shops generally are pretty like happy places. You know, people are coming there to get a coffee on their break or have a chat with a friend. And so we knew that it was going to be a good environment. As that was going on, my dad was still seeing a psychologist who really essentially saved his life. And he got to know this psychologist. He actually kind of knew him outside of that relationship a little bit. Like they knew who each other was. They were kind of acquaintances and got to know him quite well through seeing him. And the psychologist retired. We looked at each other as a family one day, talked, started talking about how when my dad had been really, really sick, he would sit on the couch with his tablet for hours and hours and hours and just like search the internet for yeah. any kind of information there was out there about PTSD. Okay. And there was nothing good. All of the stuff that he would find was just negative. It was all like, you know, it wasn't support groups where it was like, you know, I'm struggling today, that type of negative. It was like piss on the government negative. It was like all that kind of, pardon the French, it was all that kind of bad, you know, it wasn't helping anybody. Right. Right. And so he wanted and was looking for a support system or some sort of information that would help him. And there was nothing that he could find. And so we decided that there was this need in the world for some sort of help and support for people, especially first responders who were struggling with PTSD. So we met with this psychologist who had recently retired and actually ended up partnering with him. And he helped us to develop a course called PTSD Battle Plan. And what it was is not to replace the help and good counsel from a mental health professional, but it's like strategies and skills that you can work on in between your appointments or to learn more about it or people who don't have access to a mental health professional that they can you know, learn about their own mental health and well-being from. So we developed this course. And that's a whole long story. But from there, what we figured out is that there are so many ways to make passive income in the world that so many people don't even know about. Yeah. But also that through that, you have the ability to, like through something like an info product, like a course that you can host and sell online, you have the ability to impact so many people like one person to many instead of the one-to-one that so often is what ends up happening. And one-to-one is fantastic too, don't get me wrong. But just depending on what you're doing, sometimes the one-to-many is a great scenario because you're able to impact so many people. And so we kind of started diving into this whole idea then of the one-to-many and having this massive impact for people because what we really, our core goal with that particular project, PTSD Battle Plan, was to help as many people as we possibly could. So yeah, through that, we kind of got rolling on this whole massive impact idea and started making a passive income. And so we were like, how can we make a massive impact and a passive income at the same time? And so it kind of all came together as massive passive radio. And so it's about, we say it's about get rich, give back because our main goal and the whole purpose and the why behind what we do is because we have these big goals and dreams of like how we can serve. And the more resources that we have, the better able we are to serve. Because when you're serving out of a place of abundance rather than a place of lack, you can do a whole heck of a lot more. And with resources, I mean time, I mean money, I mean 
skills, all, all the things, the more abundance you have to give from, the more you can give. So yeah, that's totally. where the whole massive passive uh, <laughs> radio it. came yeah. from. Yeah. I mean, it comes from a really, uh, you know, from a very meaningful place, right? It's something very close to home with your mm. father and, and uh, taking that and, and uh, really actually turning it into this big positive thing that you're doing for others as well, too. That's incredible. Yeah, I love Thank it. Thank you, yeah. What's that's um? Journey. Just a few more questions here. Like, number one, is there a turning point in your life? I, I ask this question a lot, like a critical moment where uh, you could very easily be somewhere else in life not the massive passive uh, route, not maybe even working in a business with your family, which is pretty cool that you're able to do that. Um, you know, we all, I, I think, have these cl- critical moments where there's a decision to be made and it, had you made a different decision, you might be somewhere else right now. Um, is that anything that come to mind for you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, yeah, so there was a weekend that I went to a live event, a seminar. And at the time it was through a company called Peak Potentials and they have rebranded. I think now they're called Success Resources America, but I got invited to this weekend called Millionaire Mind Intensive. And this was kind of like at the culmination of being very unhappy in my life and knowing that I needed to make some changes, but not really knowing where to even turn to start making changes. Because I was still, like I said earlier, kind of stuck in that self-pity mode where I didn't know how to turn it around. And so I actually got a free ticket to this Millionaire Mind Intensive Weekend. And I went with my parents. My husband was not able to come um, just with work and he was in school at the time. And so uh, we went to this weekend and it was another one of those total light bulb moments for me. And I was still working in HR at this point. Okay. And so. It was another one of those light bulb moments for me where I went, I heard somebody from the stage say something. And when I say it now, it just doesn't sound like it's that <laughs> much of an epiphany. But for me, it was like the epiphany of the weekend Yeah, right. was that um, no matter who you are and no matter what had happened in your life, you still, it was still your responsibility. So for me, it was my responsibility to wake up in my consciousness a little bit more every day so that I could serve the world at a higher level. And it didn't matter what had happened. It didn't matter if I wasn't yet who I wanted to be. That was no excuse to like not do it. And so I was like, holy smokes, it's my responsibility to take control of my life. (laughs) Like it's nobody else is going to do this for me. I got to do it. Yeah. So did you come out of that and yeah, make, make a big change? Huge. So my husband had actually gone back to university as, uh, you know, we were probably like, mid to late twenties by that point. And he had gone back to university to go get a different career because he has all, he was also unhappy in his life. We were both like young and jaded and we were like, this cannot be life, Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So he had gone back to university to start what we call like a new 67 year plan at age 30. And by 67 year plan, I mean like you work for somebody else for 35 years till you're 65 or 67. And then yeah. people in the world today still can't even afford to re- afford to retire and so they have to, you know, continue working past that and they're unhappy and like safety is the new risky, like that whole safe thing isn't working for people. So it's pretty risky business is what we say. So he had gone back to get a different career and he was about a year and a half into the four year degree. When I went to that course, we had totally changed our whole life already for that, for him to go back to school. We had moved to a different yeah, city, 
you know, he had previously been making a six figure income. And so we had left that behind so he could go back to school. And I went to this weekend to Millionaire Mind Intensive and came home and I was like, oh my goodness, Kevin, we have to make some more changes. <laughs> like this is not who we want to be. <laughs> and so after a year and a half of him being in school, that very weekend when I got home, we decided he was going to quit school and he never went back. That's great. And yeah, and everybody, yeah. all our friends and family, I mean, minus my family that we're in business with, the yeah. rest of the family was like, what you are guys you are straight up crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny, Success Resources America, my business partner, he he's just, just recently started speaking on their stages. So Oh, uh, cool. Like, yeah, I'm very familiar with that. But uh, But that's an incredible story. I love it. Like, yeah, you, you come out of that because there's a lot of people that will go to these events and, will, and they just like get all caught up in the hype. They love collecting information, but they never do anything with it. And you, you made a significant move coming out of something like that that really has shifted and impacted your world. So uh, it's incredible to hear that. Um, what are one or two things that you could leave the listeners with uh, that would really help them to move forward um, that they could take and like just apply right away and, and benefit them? I think what I've been hearing myself say a lot lately, and I'm saying this to myself as much as I am to anybody else, yeah, right. to take, and I keep saying it backwards, so I got to be careful and make sure I say it right, <laughs> is to take imperfect action because yeah. imperfect action will trump perfect inaction every day of your life. So yeah. just start, just do something. Set yourself a small micro goal every day that you know you can accomplish. And if you do that every day, if you get one thing done every day that gets you closer to where you want to be, think about how much closer you'll be in 365 days than if you just do nothing. Yeah. And yeah. so just do one thing, like pick one thing today that you're going to do that will move you forward. And you don't have to be perfect to start. Just start. Just start. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. what are some ways that uh, the listeners can follow you uh, find out more about you yeah please let sure. us know yeah so i have a podcast like we've talked about called massive passive radio i actually co-host it with my brother which is pretty fun uh so we often do episodes separately so you get kind of like a different take from both of us uh -huh. uh, so you can find our podcast on itunes on google podcast on spotify on all the channels as well as we are on YouTube. So you can look us up on YouTube, Massive Passive Radio. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me personally, um, you can look me up on Facebook or find me on Instagram. I'm Casey Broning, and my name is spelled K-A-Y-C-E. My last name is B-R-O-E-N-I-N-G. And uh, that's probably the best place to get in touch with me personally if you'd love to chat, because I'd love to chat. As you can tell, I like to talk. <laughs> I, mean, I like to hear the sound of my own voice. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> if you want to yeah. hear more from me, that's You're where you find me. You're a podcast host too. So yeah, you're used to talking. So I love it. And I love it. Uh, that you totally. Share uh, a story. So thank you. Uh, appreciate you for taking time out of your busy day from your business and your life and your family and so thank you so much really appreciate it no worries thank you for having me i used to wait every day for them to say nature going home i missed my life missed my wife 15 months she was all alone 
But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, baby.